0: Hey soccer fans and S.O. peeps, welcome back to Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central and look who is back with us, the one and only Mike G is back on the mic talking all things Major League Soccer, August 13th and 14th back in the seat. Mike, how you feeling today, my friend?
1: Hey, fe- feeling good after that uh, wonderful, wonderful performance that Toronto FC put together uh, on Saturday that we were live for. So um, I'm feeling really good, man. It's been a, uh, it's been a crazy day, but uh, hanging in there. How are you doing?
0: I'm ready to talk soccer, man. Like the MLS this weekend hit their 20,000th goal milestone. We've had other teams beating the odds, totally screwing up my picks and predictions. I think we need to collaborate <laughs> on the next one. Cause the last two weeks have been brutal for me. Um, but we also had the top teams getting back into the win column after I think seven of the eight top teams last week ended up losing. So uh, we're going to see a little headway there. But before we get into all of that, I want to remind everyone to make sure you are liking, subscribing, sending super chats, sending super thanks. I'm going to enable that right after we get off live here, and you can send a donation our way. Additionally, if you're looking for sponsorships, partnerships, or anything of that sort, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Soccer or via email at sonsofapitchsoccer at gmail.com. And in tonight's show, we're going to recap all the games, as we always do, taking live questions and comments from all of our fans here on YouTube. And in the second half, we're going to get back to our team profiles. And what better team to profile this week than the Philadelphia Union, coming off a big 4-1 victory against the hometown team of this show, the uh, Chicago Fire. Well, at least of my half of this show, I will <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. My half of this show. Um, and then if we got any stoppage time, we'll be taking live questions and comments. So I want everyone, get comfortable, sit back. I hope your drink is poured. We're going to kick it off, as always, with that intro and let this music get you hyped. <laughs> well sons of a pitch fans soccer fans boys and girls of all ages we are back once again it is monday august 15th and we're recapping this weekend in mls action we already have a lot of people jumping in the chat letting us know they are here we got dan Garanju who says that's right i'm back it's great to have you with us, Dan. A new Wiseman is in saying, what a weekend of fixtures. Zara Ashkanani. Hey, guys. Hello, Zara. Great to see you. Oh, it's been you. a while, Zara. Zara.
1: Good to see you.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> great. I love the Bayern Munich logo there. Jumping in. Hope, I don't know.
1: You You seem to know Zara here, Mike. Yeah, I forget. Oh, my God. where Where was it in the Middle East that you were out of, Zara? I feel like it was what, maybe Beirut or something like that. Um, but I remember that you were watching Qatar in the Gold Cup uh, last summer. That Zara found us
0: fantastic. Well, glad she found her way back. Glad he found his way back. We are going to kick off things with our MLS recap. And what better way to start talking about the MLS than with a 2 1 victory in the All Star game over the Liga MX All Stars? Second year in a row, MLS wins the competition. They also win the skills challenge. So from from what people are saying, this is like three straight all star victories, uh, plus all the United States defeats over Mexico, plus all the friendly victories, plus the CC. Mike, are you buying into all of this narrative about how the MLS and American soccer is now equal to and better than Liga MX and everything going on south of the border?
1: No, no, nope. <laughs> no. Give it, give it some time. Uh, you know, look, I- I'm glad that they. They finally won Champions League. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we've won the all-star game, you know, all of those things, but come on now. There's still, there's still a ways to go. It was now, if this continues for the next three to four seasons, then I would say, yes, it'd probably be complete at that point. But uh, no, it, it's still, I think we're at the point now where it's kind of an equal relationship between the two leagues with League Cup. Like MLS needs League MX for certain things it, and League MX needs MLS; they just do. I mean, it, it's it's it, in the beginning when all this first started, it was like, look, MLS needs League MX. Now it's right. now they both need each other, and soon it will be League MX needing MLS. So you know, I think uh, I think eventually that will be the case. But let's take take it slow there. But yeah, Zara from Kuwait. I knew it was something like that, and uh, and oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> oh yeah. I- You got a nice little compliment here,
0: professing her her undying love for you via the chat. Um, For all our listeners at home, we've got uh, Allison Guglielmi in the chat saying, hey, you sexy thing. Over to Mike. Wonderful. We also got T-Mac who's jumped in the (laughs) chat. What's up, guys? Glad to hear some MLS talk, as well as Connor McCabe is joining us. Connor knows soccer. And yes, Connor, I am disappointed in your choice of an Arsenal jersey over the weekend. Um, But we got to get into some MLS talk here. We're already in five Five, six minutes in. First game of the weekend were Red Bull, New York hosting Orlando City. And Mike, Orlando ends up with the one nothing victory. My takeaways from this is how disappointing Red Bulls have been this summer. I heard an interview with Aaron Long on MLS's Extra Time podcast, and he even said, like, it's hard to play. Red Bull soccer, high energy, high pressing, 110% in these summer months. So he even seemed to suggest that Red Bull's legs are kind of given out in these summer months. But then on the flip side, you've got an Orlando team who is supposed to be competing for a top four spot in the league and brings in Nicholas Yokini to bolster their offense. And they win one nothing on this one. Like, I'm disappointed in both of these teams over the last two months for their lack of results and Orlando's lack of scoring especially. Uh, and the one piece of trivia I want to throw out here, too, is uh, there's a negative eight goal differential for Orlando right now. And in a very tight Eastern Conference, that could be the deciding factor on your playoff ranking. So Mike, what do you take away from this weird 0 one victory for
1: Orlando in a weekend where it's just goals everywhere else? Uh, you're gonna have games that aren't going to be as high scoring I mean look, look at those two offenses They're, they don't they don't have the, the big time goal scores that some of these other clubs have. Uh, you know before I, before I get into my thoughts there on that I do want to just say a big shout out there to uh, to Dan and his uh, his kids team their b 2011 White. Congratulations, winning that—that's a big deal, right there. Well done, uh, a Super Cup. There you go. So uh, great job to uh, to Dan Geringer's kid. I don't know what you're, but congratulations to you guys and uh, excited for you as well. T Mac, my man, it has been a long time. Good, good to see you as well, Mike C. Twenty nine. How you doing, man? Uh, but oh, look, overall, Orlando—they've got a, a washed-up Alexander Pato and uh, you know a couple like a couple other pieces that are, that are getting forward now. And they brought in the guy from Um, uh, uh, But I haven't seen much out of him yet. He's still, if he is going to do anything, you got to get, you know, some time together. But uh, overall, the Red Bulls have been, have been struggling big time. I, I think they're still in an okay position now. And I don't think they have to worry about missing the playoffs if they can write this ship well, uh, you know, in the next few weeks or so. Um, but again, it's the Red Bulls. I mean, hey,
2: are they?
0: Well, Mike, I think I just lost your connection there, brother. So I'm going to jump right on in and and move into the next game. Uh, But to finish your thought, you're absolutely right. Red Bulls are in a pretty good position here uh, to to have a decent spot in the playoff. Hopefully they can get things back together as the fall rolls around as some of that Northeastern weather turns a little bit and uh, they can get back into form. Uh, The next game on the slate, Cincinnati hosting Atlanta in a 2-2 draw and you know, this just pissed me off because we had a three-team parley going on. Mike and I agreed on it, and one of those was the Cincinnati victory. We had the other two teams in Toronto and Austin with the victory. Austin was a little shaky. We'll talk about that one later. Uh, but it was Cincinnati and Atlanta that screwed up the three-team parley. Could have, you know, could have made about eighty bucks off of one little wager. But that—that's my biggest takeaway on a personal note here. That Cincinnati screwed the parley up, um, but. I just wanted to ask fans, listeners, viewers, did did we count out Atlanta too soon? They've been banging a a few results together, and I just, I don't know. Like, they keep somehow finding a way. These these last-minute Andrew Goodman goals kind of put them in. I I really don't think that they're going to make the playoffs because they dug themselves too big a hole, but they can definitely play spoiler to a few other teams in the standings. And as we always do, we're going to review the standings uh, after our halftime break, and you'll see exactly what Atlanta can do to some of these teams. Meanwhile, Atlanta also has uh, their next three games against Red Bulls, the Columbus Crew, and DC. So maybe they could take a few points. But again, too big of a hole. On the flip side, FC Cincinnati slips down to ninth place in the East, despite having nine goals in their last three games. It's a win and two draws. So even FC Cincinnati is starting to slip a little bit. You know, people had said that they are going to. Regress to the mean. There's that phrase. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But but people were saying that Cincinnati couldn't keep up the frenetic pace. They were scoring and winning games. Uh, maybe we're starting to see a little bit of a slip on it. New Wiseman says about uh, about Atlanta. Their attack is awful. Yeah, if you got Goodman coming up and saving you guys late in games, you definitely know the attack leaves something to be desired. Um, also, hey, we got Jason Jardine jumping in on the chat, Jay. Great to have you with us. Uh, Mike is having some technical difficulties. He will be back to talk all things TFC in just a minute. So you stick around for that one, Jay. I know you guys will have some fun on that one. Even T-Mac says, what a banger from El in that Atlanta-Cincy game. Yep, Atlanta finding ways to get results, but I think it's too little, too late. There's only about you know, 9, 10 games left in the season, depending on where your schedule is. The next matchup we saw new England hosting DC United and playing them to a one, nothing victory. Carl's Hill gets the goal in the 18th minute, just enough on the day. Uh, some news out of new England, Carl's Hill's brother Nacho Hill has actually been working out with the revs and they may, maybe be signing him in the near future. They did free up an international spot. Thanks to uh, MLS extra time for give, talking about the details on that one. But, uh, Carl's Hill's brother could join the team. Maybe they're trying right, to create Nick, some can you that hear
1: some stuff. Hey, brother, you're back, Mike. Oh my God, I'm back. My screen just gave me the blue screen of death. I think I must have downloaded a really bad porn link or something. I don't know, but uh, whoa. Um,
0: I I would have gone with you know bootleg soccer stream, but hey, man, you 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 feel you see free how many to confess por- it to those the people porn links
1: like? they send to us on our streams, at least for TSI. Um, you know, not not on uh, not on SOP as much. We did get a few though during the Toronto. Uh, Portland game the other night, but uh, I think yeah. that's been causing some problems with my computer. Anyways, well, back to I the gotta soccer. say, Mike, we, we're doing something <laughs> right. If we are attracting the
0: adult entertainment spam bots to our website, I think we're getting enough draw and enough share and enough view. But, you know, as, as Jay says, he blames Allison for taking up all the Wi-Fi in your house. It's all her fault. So, gotta be it. Gotta be it. Um, You got any thoughts on New England or D.C.? one nothing victory for the Revs?
1: Um, no, I did not. Uh, I did not watch this game. D.C.'s a tire fire. Uh, Wayne Rooney, it's the, the signing the old buddies from England is not going to work. So maybe try again next year. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that. New England is, is not that good either. So kind of a, a match of two troubled teams. The, did you talk about uh, Cincinnati and Atlanta at all?
0: Uh, yeah, we wrapped it up right after uh, cool. after you lost. Uh, you know, for me, it's Cincinnati is, is starting to slip. And are they going to regain that offensive firepower? And it's just Atlanta playing spoiler. That to me, that's their storyline. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they certainly can ruin it for some other teams. You got any thoughts yep, on those agreed. two? um the one other thing I want to mention about DC yeah you're right Rooney is kind of bringing in some of his guys from Derby County but you you want to establish a style of play and he's changing the style of play so I understand the moves I just wonder how that's affecting Toxie Fountas you know their star signing their striker who has I think he's sitting on 10 goals now this season with a handful of assists maybe uh I just wonder they were playing in a four three three. is that to his strength, is are they going to try to flip him? If Rooney's in for the long term, keep an eye on what they do with Toxie Fountas. As good as he's been, I wonder how he fits in if Rooney wants to keep playing a 4-3-3. Now, the next game up, Philadelphia hosted the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire, who are on a great run of form, uh, but they just run into the best team in the Eastern Conference. And Philly takes them down 4-1. to Uh Oh, practically a total victory for Philadelphia. Now, rather than cover that game, make sure you tune in on the podcast wherever your pod you get your podcasts, because we've got our good friend and longtime Fire supporter, supporter of this show, John Donovan, will give you his recap on that Philadelphia-Chicago game. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well, and we you can hear all of our Chicago Fire coverage over there as well. Now, Mike, the reason you're here, the next match of the night, Toronto hosting the Portland Timbers. I I feel when Toronto does anything against Cascadia, there's a little bit of an extra edge, but this was on a different level. Mike, what were your takeaways from this three to one Toronto victory?
1: Uh, Toronto FC is at a different level right now uh, than they've been at in a long, long time. Uh, This team is really stinking good right now. Uh, and they still have a DP spot open. And this is not your sporting Kansas City type third designated player spot that's open. This is Toronto FC that just went out and signed one of the biggest names in world football in Lorenzo Insigne, as well as Federico Bernadeschi. Um, not as big as Insigne, but his play on the field has been as big as Insigne, if not better, um, and bigger so far. And maybe he even has more of an impact than Insigne does with TFC. it has been that good. Um this team uh, they, they just took out a Portland side in this match that had been 10 unbeaten in MLS. That's a pretty damn good streak in MLS to uh, to be unbeaten in 10 matches. Now were there tons of wins and everything like that? No it wasn't like Portland was on you know a 10 10 game unbeaten run with eight wins and two draws uh, but still a very good team and, and, and a tough feat and they just got they got played completely off the pitch. Um, I mean, this was Toronto FC from start to finish was just uh, all over them. I mean, there was, uh, there's nothing you can say other than the fact that like Toronto FC just completely dominated this match. Now I want to hear your kind of thoughts on on the game itself and and maybe a little bit about Toronto FC, and then I'll kind of give you my final thoughts. Yeah,
0: sure. Mike, I, I, First of all, Toronto's offense is, is flying high. Uh, and honestly, the notes I have in my, my pre-show notes here are just say, M- I think Mike is floating. He's so high on TFC. Just like <laughs> that, that, that's all I had. Cause I was going to let you run with it. But since you asked, you know, what's impressive about this game is you have a very good Portland team. Now did Portland maybe not go for it because it is a cross conference game and, and maybe they want to focus on picking up points uh, against conference opponents Maybe, but that doesn't sound like Gio Savarese. That doesn't sound like the Portland team that we've watched these last several years. I'm impressed that Toronto held them to one goal. Toronto has struggled defensively. But as we were talking before the show, Michael Bradley is playing a, a lot better since the Italians arrived. And and maybe he's channeling his days from Roma back, yeah. back several years ago. Uh, several decades ago is what it feels like. But... He's playing a lot better. He is able to not have to shoulder the entire defensive burden and then try to spring the counterattack. Like he can either focus on one of the two roles and right now he can focus a little bit more on the defense. So to me, that uh kind of stood out as as something in this game. We all know how good the Toronto players are. Um, but Bernadeski, his goal, every defender in MLS just went crap, now we have to step up our defending because the the Portland defenders on that one all took like a step back expecting him to try and do some link-up play at the edge of the 18-yard box. And instead, he just quick trigger left foot near post. And now every defender has to go, oh boy, we need to change how we think about our defenses when we're playing Toronto. So those are my kind
1: of two take big takeaways from the game. I'll let you bring it home now, brother. Yeah, so with TFC, I love seeing these comments here. I mean, T-Mac the spot on there with uh, Bernadeschi being better than Insigne. Um, yeah. Maybe he does have a chip in his shoulder, you know, since they didn't announce his signing the way they, they you know, he, he still got a lot of press from his himself and his own personality. I think that's why he's, it seems that he's starting off a little bit better than Insigne. Um, but my God uh, and this pushback on Portland being a good team. They're a good team team Mac. They're a good team. They're not, a. they're not, a, they're, not a, they're not a great team. They're not an MLS Cup contender. I wouldn't put them in that category, but they're a very good team. Uh, And, we'll I'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, look, the this game, the way Toronto FC, I was was speaking to John Donovan uh, earlier today, and uh, if Toronto – and I told him, I said, you're going to get a little sneak peek here um, about the episode tonight, John. And I'm like, if Toronto FC can get that third designated player spot right, and I don't know what that exactly is right now. I do know that if they put a number 9 up there, a really good number 9 like an Andrea Belotti or bigger or better, um TFC's going to splash the cash this next this next signing. I mean, we're 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 talking big damn. They're already talking in Gologante from uh from Chelsea. I mean, this we're talking the best players in the world. We're not talking about, "Oh, can we get a guy coming, you know, on a, you know, on a week you know, free transfer from, you know, Sevilla. No, we're not talking about that. So um, it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be really, really big. And TFC, if if they do get that signing right, just cancel the league for the next five years. Forget about it. Toronto FC will dominate MLS in a way that no one has ever seen until the rest of the league can adjust to that. And how that, whatever, the, whether that's the league breaking rules for the galaxy to let them sign an extra player or however that might be. But uh, anyways, uh, done with that, I want to talk here about some of the comments. But, uh, yeah, Jay, the, the the defense. The defense is looking really good because you just added really two huge pieces into that defense in Richie Larea and Crescito. So, I mean, when you've got those, those, those wing sp- spots now covered and those left-back and right-back spots covered, the center backs don't have to do as much work. So now, I mean, you, Mavinga is – I think getting all that crap off his chest about his personal issues and all that kind of stuff, I think that really helped him. as well as then McNaughton. You know, I think McNaughton kind of seems like him and Bernadeschi have kind of gotten into a really good relationship and uh, you know, he's, he's kind of brought the best out of them. And uh, I mean, that's what's going to happen when you add that much quality into the side, the defense has given up three goals in five games. Three goals in their last five games if you take away the two B.S. goals against Nashville, which were clearly not a penalty and not a goal because it was offside clear as day anyways. Well, uh, hey,
0: Mike, we got a question here, uh, kind of a comment, too, from Brother B.K.L., our, our good friend here. Mark Anthony yep. K. I mean, when they get hit, what's the status on him? How do you think he's fitting? What is he going to do for this team when he's 100
1: percent fit? Yeah, I mean, it's going to help even more. He's going to help even more. I mean, Jaden Nelson's been playing great in in replace of Mark Anthony K. but it's going to get even better. Um, I mean, it's going to be even better, you know, than, I mean, he had one game against Chicago was bad. Then the second game was yeah. the game uh, that he ended up getting hurt in. And we'll see. If he comes back in, I think we'll be, uh, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good once 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 he's there. I, I'm telling you now guys, it, it, look out. TFC is going to make the playoffs this year. They're going to get there, they're going to make the playoffs and no one, absolutely no one. I don't care if you're number 1 in the East, if you're Philadelphia Union or if you're, you know, a number a team like Miami going for that number 8 spot right now. Nobody wants to play. Nobody no. wants to play. we're gonna look at the standings right i'm seeing that there i mean yeah yeah i'm thinking it's bigger a lot bigger than uh what we're thinking i think he might be done for uh you know at least a couple months because he uh, he hasn't been training he hasn't been uh he hasn't been on the field he's barely working by himself um but it's you know we'll we'll see but that's lookout league let's just put it that way we've put you on notice with the first five games and and i will just announce this as well so anytime i'm on the show guys i am no longer going to be a like very uh you know i'll still put my two sets in on the rest of the league but i'm mostly a tfc guy now because that's that's what i'm spending my time on it has been watching tfc games all that kind of stuff so most of the lives going to be tfc until we get to the playoffs and the world cup and all that kind of stuff but Well, let's transition then
0: into into a couple other teams here, Mike, with Connor's question. Do you see Columbus and TFC battling for a playoff spot as far as the standings go? Um, Or do you think Toronto is just in a different conversation than Columbus? You think Columbus is a lock and it's Toronto battling in. Like, What do you think uh, is going to be the status for those teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's – they can't – you know, you can't really – I think there's, there, there are different levels of the teams. However, with Columbus, uh, they're still only at 34 points, which puts them only one point above a playoff spot right now, because if they drop, if, if let's say the, they had 33 points instead of 34 points. Now the second tiebreaker is wins. That would put them right there. Just a barely into that seven spot, barely. So they're, they've fallen into that category. Um, it really comes down. Yeah. As Jay says, Toronto FC's next three games are massive. Um, if, if TFC, I think they're going up against new England against Charlotte or not, not Charlotte, new England, uh, Miami and God, I can't remember, but regardless it's, it's, it's massive. They, those are playoff games. Um, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting on that end, but it, Columbus, I, I think it's a crap shoot in the East man from number four through number seven. We're going to find out who takes those spots probably about maybe the week before, um, maybe the week before decision day, if not decision day itself. Well,
0: even looking at Chicago, they still have four games two against New England, two against Charlotte. So that could shake the whole Eastern Conference up, depending on those results, too. Um, And real quick, Mike, the first tiebreaker when it comes to standings is total wins. And then the second tiebreaker is goal differential. So I want to make sure that everybody knows that as opposed to some of the other leagues out there. Um, It is different.
1: I I actually don't like that myself. Um, But yeah, it is different than the other leagues. I mean, given the cross conference scheduling that we have, I think maybe that's
0: why they they lean on wins rather than goals. Because if there's a weak team in the West, then you've got Western Conference opponents who are are getting them to get maybe two wins to drive up their goal differential. And the one Eastern Conference team that gets to play that team has a huge advantage. So I, I guess I can see it from that sense and maybe there's more into it, but uh, I don't yeah. think we have the time to get into MLS playoff seating rules at the, at the moment. Maybe we'll do it in a few weeks, but I'm, I'm calling it. We're going to take TFC off the board here. We're going to move into the next <laughs> matchup. Um, and it's Miami who defeat New York City 3-2. to two. Uh, Miami, I'm a little surprised. I think, though, this is a great like first-round playoff matchup. Like If we could get a New York-Miami East Coast big Apple you know South Beach rivalry going I think that would be fantastic uh Pozuelo gets two goals on this one mike Mr TFC how you feel about Pozuelo getting a brace for for inter Miami here the
1: guy, the guy is the guy's a baller man I mean Pozuelo is a hell of a player and it, I knew it would it would only be a matter of time before he started bagging some down there in Miami he already bagged the girlfriend in Miami so he's you know now he's just doing the goal part So Priority. give it time he's gonna tear it up Nice. I I wanted to make a comment, too, about Miami's other goal scorer, Ariel
0: Lassiter. He's actually in his seventh season in MLS. He started four with the (laughs) Galaxy, two with Houston. But this is his best statistical season yet. He's got two goals, three assists. I think he's just comfortable in the role that Phil Neville has in playing as more of just a, a true striker. Rather than trying to be a holdup guy, or how is he going to work with some of those Houston wingers? Uh, I, I like seeing Ariel Lasseter play. I, I enjoy his play, and I, I think he can be a big difference maker for Miami going forward. Um, stats from this game that stand out New York City had 57% possession as the away team, and still only 2.2 expected goals to Miami's 1.9. So Miami making the most most of their chances on this one and taking three points back home. Uh, The next matchup here, this one blew my mind. And Mike, this one scared me when we had the parlay going because Austin was down for large chunks of this game to Sporting Kansas City and somehow comes back and wins it four to three. And I almost felt bad for Kansas City, but then with our parley at stake i was like no we want or definitely need austin to win this one you got any thoughts about austin's high powered offense or sporting kansas city trying not to win a wooden spoon right now
1: <laughs> well i mean austin uh you know austin's got an mvp probably i mean it easily front runner pro- pretty much has it locked up now in uh, in Drewisi. Austin is yeah. a good team and they had a very bad first half against SKC and then kind of woke up. Um and and got SKC man what a mess. Uh, those guys ugh, not not good. Not good. Now uh, yeah Jay I love it. That dude Pause just cannot stop scoring against New York City. Hey, I'm surprised he didn't actually get a Peneca penalty against them last night too. Or two we'll get to just that one too. <laughs> how many times has he done that, right? But uh, no, it's uh pause f- fully gives New York City just the shivers anytime they hear his name. Fair. Um we
0: are we're coming up on a half hour, so let's roll through a few of these next scores pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh Columbus draws Colorado at Colorado, one-one. Kind of disappointed that there were more goals in that one. Uh, Dallas and Jesus Ferreira get back on track with a four-one victory at home versus San Jose. And Houston plays a great game, but still falls three-to-two in Houston to Montreal. Now, Mike, my biggest takeaway on this one was Montreal can really look at this game and say, "Hey, we battled back. This is huge for us. Not only are they top four in the East still." but this is one of those confidence like playoff resume builders where they're not coasting or they're not getting smoked or they're not getting lucky goals. They fought for this one and got the win on it. And my only other comment about these three games is I wanted the Giassi Zardes revenge game for him to go back and bag a couple against Columbus crew and just stare down Caleb Porter. I know that's not Zardes's thing, but I would love to see it the way Porter kind of escorted him out the door uh, from Columbus, but we didn't, get the revenge game instead. Zardis almost has one. It's called back for offsides, which I was trying to figure out where he was offside on that play. I don't know if you watched it at all, but it it was a little odd to me. Um, So out of those three results, what what are your takeaways? What stood out to you?
1: Uh, The takeaway that I want to talk about uh, Montreal there, man, Um, dude, Montreal's on a roll and uh, that team, they do not have any big names at all. I mean, it is just a bunch of hardcore MLS vets.
0: Don't and, you insult uh, Jordy
1: Mihailovic like that? Don't yeah. you insult him? Oh, hey, I'm sorry. That's what he is, man. He, you know, it, it's it's they're a very good team. And yeah, Jay and I were talking about it at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, it, we're uh, but I, I would die to see a playoff game as well, Team mac against Montreal because uh, that would be that would be something special because Montreal's probably going to be about 25 points higher in the playoff standings than we are. <laughs> and that would be pretty impressive to go to Montreal and wipe the floor with them, maybe say six, one, um, you know, and then uh, it would be pretty fun. But anyways, that's, that's beside the point. Uh, Jeffrey DeVia there and uh, RBI appreciate you hopping on, man, but Montreal looks damn good. That's a very good team. And uh, we'll see how they, uh, how they finish up. I lost my little inside bet with, uh, with our, with our sponsor, John Donovan there, we have some type of bet. I think it was like 20 bucks or something like that, uh, that Montreal will finish more, more points than Toronto. And I thought he was nuts. Um, and you uh, got me there. So. I, th- I think that was that Jordy Mihailovich
0: play watching him play for the fire <laughs> yeah. all those years. Um, anyway, rolling down the slate of games, we're, we're wrapping up the Saturday games. You had both teams in LA with five goal victories The Galaxy 5-2 over Vancouver, LAFC 5-0 over Charlotte. I I expected this from LAFC, no doubt about it. They may have effectively ended Charlotte's season here. But to see the Galaxy drop five, including four in the first half, is huge. I wonder if this is the game that turns their season around. Because not only did you have Grandsir with a brace, Chicharito, like I mentioned, Panenka from the spot, which when you're in his form and not scoring and LAFC is struggling for him to do that. I don't know if I'm mad because of his arrogance or if I love it because of just the ballsiness about it. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle right now. Uh, Efren Alvarez even gets on the scorecard and and your boy, Brandon Vasquez finds the net for LA. I mean, they were up three nothing at 30 minutes. Mike, is this the turnaround that the LA galaxy needed? Are they going to rise up the standings now and, and keep a playoff spot?
1: Uh, no, I'm going to go with no, um, they're just, if too many, too many rough pieces, man. Um, you know, the galaxy are a good team. They'll make the playoffs or they'll fight for one of those low end playoff spots. They might win a game or two, um, and, and, and then get knocked out by LAFC or, you know, get upset in some crazy matchup. I mean, this, this team has lost to some really bad teams this year as well. So yeah. You know, maybe they you know they lose to a team they are supposed to beat. They they work to be the two or three seed, but lose to the six or seven seed, like an RSL coming in on a five game run, and they get you know they lose. So, um, you know, the the Galaxy have been yeah, like Dan says, man, hot and cold, like crazy hot and cold. Um, I want to see LA Galaxy do well just because of Vanny and and basically like the MLS Cup champion Toronto FC twenty seventeen. Like, we could just put a little galaxy logo here and then cross out the one seven and put the two two next to it. Um, you know, because that's what they are. I mean, my god, you got Raheem, you got Raheem Edwards in there, you got uh, you know, you have Marky Delgado, Victor Vasquez. Uh, you know, there's there's just a bunch of guys on that team, and uh, you got Greg Vanny, and he knows how to coach those guys. So, yep. um, I think LA is going to be okay, but I don't, uh, I don't see them doing too much crazy, unlike. LAFC. On the other hand, yeah, I think they did just end Charlotte's season. I think they're pretty much done and dusted. Um, and that's good news for TFC uh, from that standpoint. But um, LAFC is just on a different class. They, they did this without, uh, without Bale, without Chiellini. They didn't need them on the field. Uh, right. That team is something special right now. And I think the Western Conference, uh, the only team that I think can give them a, a, a trouble in the playoffs in the Western Conference is Seattle. And we don't if even know make if it. That was going to make it. in.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, I'll go Austin, man. If, if somehow Austin slips to that third spot, or you know, and, and maybe they get a, a conference semifinal matchup or conference final matchup, just because they can match them offensively. But you're right, LAFC is on another. Dude, defensively, level right Austin now. would give up. Austin would give up 12 goals. True. That, that, that's it, right? Like, what is what's the <laughs> final score going to be? It's going to be like 12-7. LaFC over Austin,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it'll, and then, and then it might look something similar if TFC get in. You imagine a TFC yeah. LaFC final? I mean, with those two defenses, oh my! Gosh, I think you got to give the edge to LaFC in that one because they do have a little bit better of a back line, um, at least center back wise. But my God, that would be just wild. I mean, I you, finals are usually low scoring, but that would that one would have to be at least five four. Yep, and and here we've
0: got. The Hani Mukhtar stand jumping in on the chat with the oh, sad face. That's the perfect transition to the last couple games for the weekend here. Nashville falling at home 2-1 to one to the Loons of Minnesota. And then RSL on the road in Seattle with a 2-1 victory. So a couple of road dogs here. Maybe Minnesota's not, not an underdog in that game because of how well they've been playing. Oh, they were. But, but at nice, Nashville. Nick.
1: Cleaned up nice.
0: Yeah, right? Like Three, these two road dogs. Yeah,
1: hundred well, bucks you go, on man. Uh, on Minnesota turned into a three hundred eighty bucks last night.
0: That was yeah. a very nice nice play, and and that's what screwed my picks because I figured Nashville can't be this bad for this. Ooh, Nashville's got to oh. bounce back
1: sometime. They've got to bounce back sometime.
0: Yeah, I figured at least a draw against Minnesota, but Minnesota is is what unbeaten in nine and those are They're like seven, well six or seven wins or something like that Reynoso's yep. playing like an mvp candidate my thought on nashville here and you saw him live mike so you you tell me if, if you think i'm onto something here nashville has been playing with such fine margins their their first few years in mls that when those games that are they, they get all these draws and then those few draws kind of fall into the win column. They get into the playoffs, and and then they are, they're a tough out because of how good they are defensively right. in the playoffs. Well, this year, those few draws that slip in the win column are slipping in the loss column. Right. They're not as strong at home. Who knew moving into Geodis Park? And they just they've never faced this as an organization before. They don't know what to do. They they can't go out and sign a bunch of new players. They've got their DPS full. Shaq Moore, maybe could have helped their offense he looks like he's fitting in but not quick yeah. enough i just think nashville has no point of comparison to say oh here's what we need to do to turn this team around do, what did you see when you watched nashville live do you think that they're the coaching is just like trying to figure out what's happening
1: no they're they're way too one-dimensional that team um they, they were just way too one-dimensional all they all they are are set piece threats that's it you can get zimmerman and romney up front to score, that's it. If you shut down Mukhtar, they're done. Alex Mule's not beating you. All right. Um, You know, Randall Leal, even though he's decent, he's not beating you. Um, C.J. Sapong, I'm sorry. C.J., you've had a great career in MLS. You're always good for a few goals, but you're not a starting striker in Major League Soccer. Teal Bunbury, yeah, I know he scored four goals in four games, but dude, you're like 78 years old, okay, but actually you're like 26 because you've been in the league since you were like 14 but like dude you're not an mls striker so nashville that's their entire game plan so defenses just line up for those set pieces and they're fine as long as they don't give up three goals and set pieces they're going to win the game so that's i think nashville's got to step away from that identity and bring some different players in or bring it like just change the formation up as something but yeah i mean overall life i mean at that game I know Honey Mukhtar Stan and I had some conversation about that on my video, you know, but th- that game was oh, yeah. a blowout. Just like Portland was a blowout, um, you know, for Toronto FC. TFC wiped the floor with Nashville that night. It should never have been as close as it was with those two goals that were a joke. And the referee was so bad Toronto between again. both of those for both teams were horrible. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is.
0: Yeah. Hey, real quick. We got a, a comment in the chat here Um
1: Allison wants to go live in Tennessee, Mike. How do yes. you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with it. I've always wanted to go there. I don't know. We'll see. One day, maybe. Hey,
0: you move down there. You I'll be I'll be visiting you. Don't you worry about it. Jay,
1: Jay, Allison has demands. Right. But in order for Allison's demands to get met, I have demands. So that's easy. There we go. Um Real quick, those are all the results.
0: Mike, you got anything else you want to say about any of the games, any of the matchups, anything that, that you saw going on this weekend? Uh, any news around MLS?
1: You know, I uh, I haven't really, I didn't pay attention to too many of the games. I bet on a few of them. I hit, you know, I hit pretty well this weekend, actually, but I right. made up for the bad le- week last week. Um, you know, uh, MLS, this is going to be real exciting for the next month, two months, three months, till we get into playoff time. And the playoffs are going to be great. I mean, it's going to be really, really exciting to watch these playoffs for sure. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait. And I'll be, I'll be back, you know, from me and the, the show perspective, you know, I'll jump in on the odd Monday episodes here and there. I mean, I'll let Nick know if I can get on and, and whatnot. And we'll try and do some lives here and there. As of right now, it's only going to be TFC lives. Uh, you know, but if I get a wild hair, I might do another game. I know Tom, Tom really loves it. Tom's been enjoying it. So, you know, bringing him in on those lives, he, 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 he really enjoys watching. Sorry. I mean, last night we were watching uh, the, the, one of the games it was the uh, the we watched the Nashville Minnesota and then it was the second game on uh you know I'll be around with from that perspective uh to get through these tough times I know I opened it up a little bit on the, the live there in Portland kind of let everybody in on on what was going on so uh you know I appreciate it Nick been kicking butt man and uh keep up the good work and uh we'll be uh we'll be here you know in and around every once in a while I, I still think Nick you and I should do a three team parlay every week
0: I think we need to, I think we need to advertise it too and see how we do with it. Well, we nope. will bring it on the picks and predictions. So for yep. those of you who don't already subscribe and have notifications on, on YouTube, every Wednesday nope. night, we release a picks and predictions video uh, of my picks for the week moving forward. Mike definitely is luckier than I am. Uh, but <laughs> so, so that you need to know that when you listen to my picks. Um, but, but with that, Let's take a little quick halftime break. You're going to see our sponsor, Skira Icelandic Spring Waters logo up here. For those of you on the YouTube side, it'll be a short break. For those of you on the podcast side, you will be hearing from John Donovan, our good friend, and Mr. Chicago Fire Newscaster correspondent for us. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right
1: back. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira icelandic spring water available at your local 7-eleven icelandic for clear skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in iceland with naturally low mineral content this isn't your average water clearly yes pun intended it's one of the best get some skira today at your local 7-eleven and now it's time for our weekly chicago fire update brought to you by john donovan take it away john
2: Okay, Nick, John Donovan here talking about the Chicago Fire and the MLS. I was so looking forward to this Philadelphia game. I thought with the Fire playing so well, um, even though they had some injuries, I thought they might be able to play them without a lot of substitution. Um, it didn't turn out that way. Virtually the Fire started the same guys they've started for a while. They had Torres, and Mueller, and Chibilko. Uh, Chiquire in center mid, um, Federico Navarro and Jimenez, who did not have a good game again. Navarro on the left, um, Shijos in the center, Pineda and Sekalekin. I don't think I can really talk about any of the Chicago players too much. Mueller did have a nice score, but um, the guy Mueller is a great player, there's no doubt about it, but the Chicago Fire. Well, have nothing to write home about after this game um, the first score was 15-15 of the first uh, match or the first half uh, got one of the forwards that they traded uh, they purchased when they let Pineda or Chubilco go was this guy and this guy just kind of took it off a rebound um, Federico Navarro kind of slipped on it and it went in so at fifteen fifteen, it was a one nothing game. At thirty seven minute, uh, Slonita made uh, the first of his big errors in this game. I am positive that Chelsea's trying to stop that uh, payment on that ten million dollar check because this kid did not look good in this game. He took um, he left a rebound, just kind of let it float down to his hands, and uh, Elliot came in there, stuck his foot, and scored. I mean, it it literally was. Uh, 37 minutes to go so the fire went in the locker room down to zip and this is not a team that uh, um, that comes back and plays well of that first half one play I mean that second score uh, um, I don't know where Jimenez was but he you know he just shuttled back I mean he did not run back at all. It's um, very, very lazy play. I don't know why we have him as a, as a designated player. But we come out right at the beginning of the second half and bingo, 48 minutes in and Mueller scores. So we got a game here. We got a game. You would hope that the team was going to um, set it off. And, I, you know, I forgot to say something at the uh, – I was going to say at the beginning of the notes at 8.33, I said the fire are falling apart and put my pencil down and everything – um, they obviously from the, from the Mueller score, you thought the team would turn it on. They did not. Um, it got so bad. It was an injury, but, um, at one time, Ezra made three substitutions. Gutierrez for Torres. Torres didn't do a thing. Literally, I, he didn't do a thing. Um, Durand for Chabilco I thought Chabilco played relatively hard. You know, he played there for three years, so you know he wasn't going to give a hard effort. But Duran got in there, and all the whole game, right away, he starts uh, monkeying around with the other team rather than playing the game of soccer. Um, we, we don't want to look at an 18-year-old and a referee and a uh, crazy Venezuelan sitting there fighting in the middle of the game. We, we, we tune in and watch the game to watch the beautiful science of soccer. So... This kid, Torano, he had a great Toronto game. He scored. He probably does have more skill than Chibilco, But uh, I personally, I bring up that Baeza kid from uh, the the second team uh, who played. I think he was from, uh, I think he played for Indiana last year. In fact, I know the kid that's playing for Indiana this year. But he played for Indiana, and he's scoring goals, and he plays like a... Like like he's a 22 year old guy, not like he's a little kid. So um, it it you know right now, where are the fire? The fire lost this game. They're not in the playoffs right now. Um, when you look, they they have. Uh, you look at the coaching is what I'm trying to look at, and they got who's coming up behind them right now? It is tough. Um, they they have. Uh, Miami, New England, Bradley at Toronto, Pat Noonan at Cincinnati, uh, Novell from uh, all these guys, these good potential coaches are chasing Ezra. And let's see what Ezra's got. Right now, he, he has to make some move at that center midfield spot. He can't, you know, uh, now with Jimenez out, he's got to put Pineda up at the midfield. I don't think he has a choice. And he has to fill in that center fullback spot. You you know, these guys are paid to play soccer. You got to put Parks out there, I believe. Um, I'm shocked that uh, Heinz didn't go out and get us a, a defender. He got nobody in this transfer market. So by not making a move, especially with Taran hurt with a, um, a hamstring issue, and And this kid has had problems with ankles and hamstrings before that have made him lose out on a year, so you've got Siegel's back there, um, you have Bornstein, who's 37 years old, you have Sekalek who's not playing well at all, and you got Navarro um, who that's the only position he plays. He's doing all right uh, a potential card guy all the time. I don't know where the fire not picking up a defender was really a classic mistake um I've heard through the grapevine that uh uh Monsueto likes Heinz and why I don't know if he re-signs him it's just like we've had forever at the fire it's all the same our last owner um probably was a little bit better than this owner I mean he signed some names we had heard of he seemed to have a you know he was crazy but uh I'm not impressed right now. They they go, I think they play New York and Chicago next week. Now, New York is struggling a bit. Once they lost Tata uh, and their coach, they have not, they're in third place right now, but they've been falling. So maybe the fire have a shot at home. Then they go to New England. So they've got some rough games coming ahead with them and they're a they're hurt team right now. Um, they've got to find out whether these young kids can play. I, I would play parks, start parks at the defense on that. Okay, Mike. Okay, Nick. Great show as always. Love doing this. I'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week.
0: All right, soccer fans and SO peeps. We are back for the second half of our show. Man, that first half had a lot of stoppage time as always. It was great having Mike with us. Remember, you can send him a message anytime. At SOP Soccer on Twitter. DMs are open. You can email us podcast at sonsofapitchsoccer.com or sons of a pitch soccer at gmail.com. So, Mike, always a pleasure having you with us, brother. But now we got some business to take care of. We only got about 15 minutes left of the show. We want to quickly look over the standings before we get into our Philadelphia union team profile this week. And looking at the Eastern Conference, you have the union atop the standings on 48 points followed by Montreal, New York City, and Red Bulls, rounding out the playoff spots, Columbus, Orlando, and Miami. I'm shocked that Orlando is still sitting in that sixth spot, and Miami as well in seven, despite this just horrendous goal differential. Gives me as a Chicago Fire fan a little bit of hope, but looking from the fifth spot, 34 points, down to the 13th spot of Atlanta United, you have Five points separating like the entire Eastern Conference. Now looking at the Western Conference, no surprise, LAFC at top with 54 points. Austin right behind them with 48. Dallas and Minnesota rounding out the three and four spots. We have RSL, the Galaxy, and Nashville in five, six, and seven. So Nashville just holding on to the tiebreaker with Portland because they have that one extra win. Portland and Seattle at 8-9, and nine, just looking, just creeping up behind Nashville. A few more bad results for Nashville, and they could see their season go down the toilet real fast. In the meantime, you still have Colorado, Vancouver on 31 and 30 points, trying to win a couple games and jump over Nashville, L.A., and Portland to get in the playoffs. So that is your current standings. Now, like I said, and I love this comment from Hani San how TF... How the F are we in seventh? I guess you started off the season that well. That's the only thing I can say because Nashville's not playing like a playoff team right now. That's for sure. Now, we are actually looking at the Philadelphia Union as our team profile. And sorry, let me put the standings back up there so everyone can take a look at those. Um, We are looking at Philadelphia Union as as our team profile this week. Eastern Conference leaders, maybe one of the only teams that could challenge LAFC and Austin in an MLS Cup uh, just because they have been doing it on offense and defense this season, right? The Union are coming off of a 4-1 victory against a a hot Chicago Fire team, pun absolutely intended, so the – They've proven they can do it against the best and some of the middle teams in the Eastern Conference. They're still a threat for the Supporter Shield. So let's take a look at how the Union have gotten to this point. They've got 13 wins, 3 losses, and 9 draws on the season, but what's telling, 8 wins and 5 draws at home. They haven't lost a home game. That is a recipe for success in MLS. Plus 26 goal differential, second best in the league, 45 goals scored, which is tied for first in the east with nyc 19 goals allowed all season which is the best in mls the philadelphia union have the best defense in the mls when it comes to goals allowed did you hear that yeah additionally they've got offensive leaders on the team kai wagner 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 kai is tied for third in mls with assists and he's also though being rumored to be making a move to Europe sometime soon. He's expressed his wish to go to Europe. He's been tied with some Bundesliga clubs. He's also been tied with Leeds, who hasn't been lately, uh, and West Ham in the English Premier League. Now, Wagner's also sixth in the MLS in key passes. So not only is he getting the assists, he's creating tons of opportunities and keeping Philadelphia's offense rolling. They have Daniel Gazdag, who's tied for seventh in the MLS on the goal scoring list with 12 goals. And he's also got six assists of his own. So you've got Wagner, Gazdag kind of running the offense. The Union are third in the league on expected goals, fifth in the league on expected assists. And they're only doing it with one DP, uh, Michael Ure or Mikel Ure, right? So their offense is clicking one of the best in the league right now. They're also doing it on defense. They're... Center back Harriel and their D mid flock are top 10 in the MLS in tackles, and no other team has two players in the top 10. I think Red Bulls have like maybe three in the top 20 just because of the style of play they have. So their defensive players are really playing well. Also, Andre Bake Blake, their goalkeeper, has the best save percentage in the league: 83% save percentage. So they're getting production from all over their defense. Especially Captain Alejandro Bedoya. He's that calming presence in the back. He's that leader on and off the pitch. He is a guy that every franchise needs if they're going to want to have success. And he's also sipping on some water from the fountain of youth. The 35 year old's got five goals, five assists this season so far. It's his best box score type of season in his career. Now, his passing numbers, though, have gone down. And if you want to nitpick Ali Bedoya, it's his passing numbers have dropped significantly but that's because he is getting upfield involved in the attack, playing crosses into dangerous areas, which are, you know, low percentage passes to begin with. So he, his passing numbers are down because he's doing so much more to help Philadelphia's offense, which is easy for him to get forward when you have Elliott and Glessness and Flock covering the, the center and the back of the field. So now where, where did the union go from here? And let me know your thoughts about Philly in, in the comments here and we'll, We'll add a few of them to the conversation here, right? As, as Red Bull Insider says, it feels like Philly has 20 DPs because uh, they are all about that that high level and they keep replenishing it with these great academy products and a few key signings, right? And as Hani Mukhtar Stan says, same with both LA teams. I mean, they may actually have 20 DPs, but Philly definitely feels like it. T Mac says Philly fleeced Miami for Carranza. Yeah, I mean, Miami was kind of forced to start making some moves, uh, but absolutely, they they got Carranza on good value. Uh, But I do like Jay's comment. Philly needs to prove it in the playoffs, right? They have one supporter shield to their name uh, a couple seasons ago, And they have not really made any deep playoff runs. Maybe there was one. They did have a a good U.S. Open Cup run a few years back. But that's it. Just like LAFC on the West Coast is saying we need to win MLS Cup if we're going to justify everything we're doing, the Philly Union need to say, hey, we've sold off our youngsters. We've developed youngsters to, to take their place. We can win games. We have a coach who is doing it and who's done it for years in the MLS as a player and a coach they've adapted they have done everything except win in the playoffs this is it this is the season where they need to do it so where do they go from here perfect segue thanks Jay for that Uh, Philadelphia if I'm looking at their ceiling it's a double LAFC maybe slips a little bit Philly goes on a hot streak to end the season and somehow they edge out LAFC for the supporter shield And then they win MLS cup. That would be like the ultimate season for the Philadelphia union. I don't see it happening. I think, the I think LAFC is too good. And I think Philly knows they're going to have to rotate their squad a little towards the end of the season to make that playoff run. Uh, and they're not interested in the shield. They want the cup, right? Same with LAFC. They want the cup, but LAFC is, you know, six points ahead of them right now in the standings. Let me scroll back up and show you the, the Eastern conference here as well. Uh, so I think in in a perfect world Philly wins the double. More realistically, they'll be in the conference finals in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But if the floor falls out for the Philadelphia Union, they pick up a couple injuries. Uh, they end up struggling to find the back of the net again, as as we've seen them in years past, where they kind of score by committee, but then everyone goes cold at the same time. Then you know they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to host a home game probably. But they lose that first playoff game against, hey, maybe Mike's TFC team who sneaks in and then nobody wants to play them, right? So to me, that would be like the worst outcome. Like they end up with the first round matchup against TFC or Red Bulls. And there's just some fluky, ridiculous style of play game from the Red Bulls. To me, that would be the worst case scenario for the union. They definitely want that first round bye to get their guys rested and ready to go and be able to game plan. the next round opponent so that's the philadelphia union a team who is a proven system a proven organization right developing young talent incorporating them into the first team either having them become stars in mls or selling them overseas and constantly at the top of the eastern conference or at least they have been over the last few seasons that's the philadelphia union getting it done offensively and defensively uh however we got a couple comments here. Red Bull insider Philly could turn cold like we are right now, just like the Red Bulls. That's right. And as Jay Jardim says, with one game knockout style, anything can happen. I mean, if it was two legs, absolutely right, Jay. Philly and LAC would have a huge advantage. Huge advantage. Hey, we also got a newcomer in the chat here. NBA Kobe. Welcome. Welcome. And he says LAFC has been getting some ridiculous odds lately. Absolutely, man. They're just so good it's near impossible to bet against them. So that's the Philly recap. We got just time. I wanted to address one question. Uh, New Wiseman posted it before and he's posted it again. You think Brandon Vasquez will be called up to the USMNT? Given his current form and given the position of striker on the US men's national team right now is anything but secure, I really do believe Vasquez is going to get called into the September camp. And depending on how he does in that September camp, he could play his way into World Cup spot. No doubt about it. He is a big, physical striker with a good finishing touch. He still has to work on a few aspects of his game. Uh, he had an interview on MLS Extra Time, and Charlie Davies said, "You need to pet. You need to be a better passer. If you're going to use that size to hold up and bring other people into the into the play, then." you need to be a better passer. So that's one area of the game where at least one person thinks he needs to work on. But if he's making those direct runs in and behind defenders and and defensive lines, he's got enough of a finishing touch and he's got enough of a body where he can shoulder off a defender. So I fully expect him to compete for a spot on that world cup roster. And RBI agrees with me. He should be called up to the world cup, not even just to camp, but to the full world cup roster. Well, everyone, I can't thank you all enough for joining us in another weekly MLS recap here at Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. Mike, it was a pleasure having you, man. The chat was just on fire tonight. Everyone jumping in, it was great to have everyone. Jason Jardim, NBA Kobe, Red Bull Insider, A New Wiseman, Brother BKL, T Mac, Allison, Hani Mutar Stan, everybody else who's jumping in. Jeffrey Davila, I think that was another pseudonym we had. Dan Gerringer is always. It has been a pleasure. I can't thank enough John Donovan, our good friend and supporter for many years on this show, for Skira, Icelandic Spring Water, for allowing us to do what we do here, and that's grow the game through conversation. If you would like to continue to be a part of this show, after the chat's over, please follow along on Twitter at SOP Soccer. Direct messages are open. You can email us, sonsofapitchsoccer at gmail.com. When you are watching the replay of this video, there are super thanks. It's like a super chat, a live donation, but you can do it during a a replay or a pre-recorded video. So that's an easy way for you to support us and what we do. Also, if you want to discuss maybe some partnerships or sponsorships with your company, if you like what we do, we're more than happy to discuss that. And all the money we bring in goes right back into the show. We are preparing a website for launch. We are getting ready to do some writing uh, as the World Cup approaches. We are looking to expand our swag and our store on that new website, so all the money we bring in goes to that, as well as the various, you know, Streamyard. Broadcasting fees, account fees, hosting fees—all that good stuff. So it's not like we're we're going out and having drinks every night with with SOP money. Uh, we are actually putting this back into the show. So I want to thank everyone again. I, I appreciate all the the great chat, the the great support in the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank thank you everyone. I, I really appreciate it. It's good to know that we got such a great community here. So with that, I will say good night. Enjoy all the matches this upcoming week. And we will see you next time on Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. hey soccer fans and so peeps this is nick once again with your post credit scene where i share a little bit of my soccer history my soccer memorabilia today i got a few scarves i wanted to show you just a couple Uh, these come from when i was back on vacation in australia and my green screen is doing funny things here on the video but i got my soccer ruse scarf the australian national team scarf from back in 2006 when i was down under visiting family over there so shout out to all my cousins down there josh yana sasha everyone thank you for uh you know sending me home with a little soccer swag from the soccer roos, and my other scarf that i wanted to show off keeping it international this is a beautiful gift that my wife gave me and and again the green screen's going nuts because we have um sporting club de portugal cp sporting cp the team out in lisbon my wife was on a work conference overseas and and god bless her she she remembered my love of soccer while we were there so i've got my soccero scarf i've got my portugal scarf wanted to share a little bit of uh, some of my stuff with you guys here in our little post credit scene and with that we are going to be out until next week take care fans